Y'all can be seated. Once again, we're glad to see our brother today. We're praying for everybody. We're praying for everybody. We want the best for everybody. But you got to want the best for yourself. We can only do so much. you got to want this stuff. We're going to talk today about, this morning about, he came by night. Story of Nicodemus. He came by night. John, the third chapter. I always want to give a good word from the Lord. And the reason why I always want to give a good word for the, from the Lord is because you deserve, as a people of God, a good word from the Lord. He said, well, two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. He said, the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner repents. And we certainly rejoice this morning. When, when we get there, please say amen. amen. I want us to deal with something here called deliverance and freedom. Deliverance and freedom. Oh, yeah, one more thing I got to say. On our archives, where we are putting the devotions, we've got 9,136, as of a couple of hours ago, viewers. Five months. Did y'all hear what I said? Let's go. Y'all ought to give God a hand clap. See, there's something going on out there. There's things going on out there. And all we got to do is just keep shooting it out there. Just keep shooting it out there. See, what we got working is in the spirit realm. It's in the unseen realm. We're in a place that others don't see. Everybody want to see something. We don't deal with that. But deliverance and freedom is a war mm -hmm. that requires valiant fighters in order to win. This is on our coming off of our devotion that will be coming out next week, beginning of the week. I've already wrote it up and sent it in, but I just want to share some of this with you. It says deliverance this have an echo. Deliverance and freedom is a war that requires valiant fighters in order to win, it means great difficulty. Doesn't come easy. It means, in order to win, it means great difficulty coupled with an enormous amount of responsibility. The price for winning is high. It's not cheap. There are things that I needed to either have already or was willing to have to cultivate in order to sustain my winning in God. If you don't have it, we need to cultivate what we need to sustain our winning in God. Too many times God allows us to win, but then we lose our winning, right? So I had to take a look at myself and say, okay, what is it then that I need to sustain my winnings in God? The first thing is I had to develop passion for my goal in life with God. Mm -hmm. I had to develop some passion because passion was the fuel that was going to take me where I needed to go with what I was trying to do. No passion, no desire, no fortitude, no 
get you up out your bed to go do what you want to do. I mean, if you don't have passion, you're just not going to do it, right? Right or wrong. So we have to develop what's called a passion. Like Chad Dick said, when I came, I didn't feel like coming up that road, but I got a word from the Lord that said, come expect it. See, the problem is, are we coming expecting something to happen? Is our greatest joy that which happens to us personally, or is our greatest joy seeing what God is doing in the lives of others? It's a wonderful thing to see that God is doing something in the lives of others. That's true. It's a wonderful thing. So I had to ask myself, do I have a passion? I had to develop that. And I had to develop the belief in what it was I was going after. You can't get nowhere just thinking about it. You've got to develop a belief that will put you into action. Amen. And I had to develop a godly vision and strategy to it. I had to. And I had to develop clearness of value. See, when your values get clear, get foggy, you're allowed to do anything. Because you, you foggy now. you got a foggy window glass to your soul. And you're not seeing so clearly. So you hear anything, voices, and then they start to control you and have you in a place doing what you don't need to do. I had to develop spiritual energy. And I had to come to the conclusion that all mankind must have abundant authority with God because no man is an island unto himself. I had to come to that realization. And last but not least, I had to come to the realization that the mind is like a God. Mm -hmm. Whatever you plan in it is exactly what's going to come up. You hear what I said? Amen. If you plant failure, you plan to say, make no room for failure. If you plant failure, first you got to know what failure is. First, you got to know what the setup of failure is in yourself. Amen. That means you got to know self first. Amen. You got to know self because self is the one that will trick you into failure. So we have to know self now. Then after we figure out what self is, then we got to deal with self. More so than we got to deal with anything else, we have to deal with self. So here comes this man called Nicodemus. Nicodemus is the ruler. He is the ruler of the people. That's what Nicodemus means. And here he comes. He's the ruler of the Jews, the Bible says. Jew is a spiritual man. So here's this ruler, Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee. And he came to Jesus by night. Meaning that he came in a time that he was confused about some things. He was unclear about some things. You see, he was a Pharisee all these years. He was a ruler of the people, but he didn't have no spiritual understanding. But he had been listening to Jesus. And how many of you know that 
when you start listening to the spiritual word of God, you'll get confused with your theology at first. Yeah, I say with yours. Y'all know what theology is. That's man's nature of the study of God. It's man's study of the nature of God. That's what theology is. So you see, that'll mess you up. When you start listening to Jesus, the spiritual word of God, what you'll do is you'll become confused about some things because it don't look like what you thought it looked like. It don't, it's not being taught the way you taught over here, the way you believed all your life, you know, like Paul. All Paul's life, he had thought that he knew how to do this thing. He really thought he was doing what was right until Jesus showed up and had to knock him off his own power, his own horse, had to knock him off that and shine the light on him and blind him of himself. See, God got to blind us of ourselves in order for us to see him. That's what he has to do. So what the devil do is the devil come in and he'll shine light on self because he know God got a word for you and he don't want you have So you lay in bed. Yeah, you do. And you miss God's calling. But you wonder why. But he's the same God that took care of you. He's the same God that healed you. He's the same God that was there for you. When you didn't have no hope. He's the same one now. But look how he done it. Now are we right in the church with what we do? We're not right on It's not right. There's no way it can be right. It's just not easy. After God done did it so much. As if this destruction and disaster is not still back there waiting on us. It's there. And it was God that took us out of Israel, out of Egypt. The world. But along the way, some of us upsetted authority over God. And God's people that he had in place and, and, and they lost out. Bible says that they lost out. And then there were others who along the way they became stragglers because they became involved with what you call a mixed multitude. See, they were one one step in the world and one step in God, and that makes a person want to kind of do it their way. So what happens is is that they became what we call stragglers. And a straggler didn't know that Amalek, the strangler, was back there, as the Bible said. And he always grabbed and snatched the one that's lagging behind. Mm -hmm. See, see, a wolf, if you ever notice animals when they're after their prey, what do they try to do? Break them from the pack, right? Get the weakest one and break them from the pack. Ain't that what they do? Ain't that what they do? As long as you run with the pack, what happened? You ain't safety. There's safety in numbers. In the multitude of counties, there's safety. 
That's God's word, baby. There's no way around that. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. And what happens is, is we keep believing the devil's story instead of God. God says one thing, but the devil says, no, I think I'll do what the devil says. What else can we do when it's like that? So here's Nicodemus. Now Nicodemus been listening to Jesus and Dianus and look here, hunting by night in secret during a time of obscurity. I've had plenty of people come to me from other churches and bring the truth, and probably y'all too, who ask questions by night. They don't want nobody else to know that they're asking them. I see some smiles. They don't want to know, nobody else to know that they ask you to pray for them. They don't want to pat you That's the way it is now. But they come by night in secret. And they start asking questions. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he says, verse 3, I'm in mean chapter 3 of John, verse 1, he said, that was a man of the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. He was one of them that wounded him, scattered him. He was named Nicodemus because he was the ruler of the Jews. That's what his name means. He said, the same came to Jesus by what night? And said to him, Rabbi, which is teaching. We know. See what he said there? We. So the Pharisees knew who Jesus was. He said, we. <coughs> he talked about his constituents, the Pharisees. He said, we know that you're a man from God. Because can't nobody do these miracles. See, they were stuck up on the miracles that God does, except God be with him. Watch this. Now, they, they, they were stuck on miracles. Did you not know that miracles are the act of God? Miracles are the way of God. Watch the word. Go to Psalms 103, verse 7. You see, like Israel, the church knows the acts of God. But the church doesn't know the way of God. God's going to help you here. Go to Psalms 107, verse, I mean 103, verse 7. And when you get please say amen. Amen. What does the word of God say, evangelist? He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. He made known his ways to Moses, but his acts. See, the church knows the acts of God, but they don't know the ways of God. Okay? Yeah? So, the Pharisees knew the acts of God because they identified with the miracles. They say, now, no man can do these miracles unless he was from God. See, they, they understood God's acts. They were always looking for something. Ain't that just like the church today? Ain't we always looking for a, a something? A sign? But then, yeah. Ain't we always looking for somebody to get up out of a wheelchair? That's an act of God. Or somebody speaking in tongues? That's an act of God. Somebody to be healed of cancer? That's an act of God. 
But that's what we all live, right? Mm -hmm. A sign. Jesus said, we can have a adulterous generation seeks a sign. They're always looking for something. Always looking for something. Go all over the TV, go all over the internet, go all over the world, looking for something to happen. Looking for an act of God. But what's this word? Because the Bible says that he made known his ways to Moses. Now I'd rather know his ways. <laughs> now, what's this word? Now, Moses hmm, will show the ways of God. Now, go to Psalms 77, verse 13. Do it right quick. I'm trying to get this church this morning. I'm trying to help this church this morning. Are we there? Amen. Look what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that the way of God is where? In the where? The way of God is in the what? What's the sanctuary? Oh boy. So, while the church only sees the acts of God, God took Moses, the deliverer, and took him inside himself <laughs> to show him his way. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? The difference. See, see God took Moses inside of himself and showed him the pattern of the tabernacle of who he really was and what he really had inside of himself. And what God did. That's, that, 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 that's fact. That's fact. Rich in his glory, sis. That's what he did. I see this thing. The difference between church folk and kingdom folk. You see, because in the sanctuary, there's the kingdom. So God took Moses into the kingdom within himself. Yeah. And showed him what he needed to know about the situation. But he hasn't done that to the majority of the church world. You're special people. I keep trying to tell you, ain't no whole lot of Moses. In the world, y'all better hear what I'm trying to tell y'all now. Now, anybody can drive a herd of cattle <laughs> and get them killed right over the cliff. Driving right to the front, but ain't no whole lot of Moses. You better be glad the Moses in you have found how to be electricity. Now, I'm talking about the I'm talking about the Moses in you. It only comes by what? Of the what sanctuary? And what's inside the sanctuary? The kingdom of God. I'm trying my best to help you up in here as I help myself. I'm trying, and I believe it's working. To whosoever will, let him come. That's right. So verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, which means truly, truly, I say unto thee. Mm -hmm. ah. Except a man be born again, 
He cannot see vision where there is no vision to be prepared. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Being born again is the same as John 1 20, where it says that many as believed on him, even those that received his name, they were given the power to become, not to be, but to become. See, getting saved don't make you a son of God. I'm finna bust your theology up. I'm finna bust your Baptist theology up. You better hear what I said. I said just because you believe and receive God don't make you a son of God according to his word. Look at the word. Look at John 1 12. I know the difference between become and being. Become meaning that that's a process. I want you to see it in the word. John 1 12. You see it? They were given the power. See, salvation simply gives you the power to become. You just don't step up in college to be a doctor and all of a sudden you're a doctor. No. You're in the place where you can become that. How? He that endures to the end shall be Somebody can tell lies again. Theological lie. With no understanding on what this Bible is saying. So we think we can just say a sinner prayer. How about I'm saved now? You, you say that you crazy. You got to do more than that. It's time out for that kind of religion. That don't work. You got to walk this thing. This thing is real. Like Dr. Wilton said last night, you don't want to mess with God. And I don't either. Especially when God is moving in your life. That's the worst stuff. You want to buck with him? Mess with God when he do moving in your life. And if you, you want to buck with him? I'm telling you what I know. You want a good butt woman? Mess with God when he moved in your life. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there plenty of times kicking against the prince. Ain't one yet. I decided just to surrender. The devil is a thinking life. So he says here, unless a man is born again, he can't even see. And if you can't see, then how you going to get there? You don't have no roadmap. So... That's why he says, where there is no vision, people going to perish. Because they don't have no insight on where they're going no way. See, if you got any insight, if you say like you say you say, then you know where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be. Because you see the road map. Right or wrong? Am I right about it? I mean, ain't no need enough playing games about this thing. Ain't no need enough being there. Ain't no need in that. Time out for games. You know. Ain't no need. I'm going to be honest with you. I'll take two or three. And we'll do what we need to do. Instead of, you know, all I want is somebody that's got their gun locked and loaded and ready to roll. That's all I want. That's all I want. I'm looking for some real warriors. 
God is too. So Nicodemus, verse 4, says to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now here's a ruler, and he's just stupid as a mule. I mean, an educated man in the law, in religion, but he's stupid as a mule. Because he don't have no clue of what God, what, what Jesus, the Son of God, is talking about here. He said, now how can this be? And verse 5 saying, Jesus said, truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto thee, see, come back with me again. Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within. So first he got to see it. He got to be born again. Because verse 3 said he got to be born again just to see the kingdom, right? Then in verse 5 it said, unless he's born of water, that's a natural birth. See, we came by way of water. That's right, we did. The water was, there you go, right? right? You got to be born of water, and then you got to be born of the Spirit. Now I'm going to prove to you the Word. Let me show you something. Go here to the book of Corinthians. First Corinthians. Show you something. First Corinthians, the 15th chapter. First Corinthians. Let me see if I'm in the right place. Let me know. First Corinthians. Yeah. 15, verse 45, 46. I'm going to read 46, and then I'm going to read 45, and then I'm going to go to 47 of that same chapter, okay? First Corinthians. Let's go with the 46th verse, okay? When you get there. We're talking about being born by water and spirit. You got to be born by both in order to enter into the kingdom of God. Because you got to be born by water, which is a natural birth. For God to place the kingdom in you. That's what, right? And then you got to be reborn again in the spirit so that you can enter into it, okay? Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. Do you understand? Amen. If you don't understand, all you got to do is get the CD and sit down and listen to it. God will bless you. Watch the word. What does verse 46 say? How be that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. Stop right there. How be it? It was the natural that came first, not the spiritual. You see that? Amen. He said, natural, did, the spiritual didn't come first. The natural. You were born by water first. That's the natural. That's the natural man, all right? All right. When you were born, God placed that kingdom in you. Now you got to be, in order to enter into it, what's inside of you, you got to be reborn. That's what he was trying to tell Nick. But Nick didn't have no understanding on these. How about going back up in his woman's mother's womb? He done lost his mind. He can't do that. That's impossible. He go up and they get smothered. That's the only thing that happened. That's straight up. How did it that was not first, which is spiritual? That which is natural. And afterwards, it says, that which is spiritual. So first the natural, then the spiritual, all right? First the water bird, then the spiritual bird, right? So unless a man is born again, he can have water and spirit. 
You can't enter into the kingdom of God. First the natural, water birth, then the spiritual. How be it? Verse 46 says, Was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. Now look at verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was a what? Living soul. God breathed the breath of life into him, and man became a what? Living soul. A natural breathing soul. First the natural. Then the last Adam, notice it didn't say the second Adam, but it says last Adam. That means there ain't going to be no more. Ain't going to be no more. That's it. There won't be any more. Take that the last Adam mm -hmm, was made a what kind of spirit? That means a living spirit. And that's how you enter into the kingdom of God through that living spirit that's been resurrected in us because God is the spirit and those that worship him, they got to do what? Worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? So here's the word of God. And the word of God says in verse 47, the first man is of the what? He's of the earth. He's a natural man. Adam, the water bird. But the second man is the Lord from what? Heaven. Now let's go back to John. And the book of John says in John 3, verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's the water spirit. That's the water bird, okay? The natural man is born of the flesh, okay? And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's a transition. That's a change. Want to know where a person is? Look at them through the spirit. Spirit will show you where a person is. Spirit will. So Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? He don't even understand it. He still don't understand it. And then Jesus says in uh, answering and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel? In other words, are you a teacher of Israel? And you don't even know these things? Once again, I would have said that I did. Man, you stupid as a mule. <laughs> See, Jesus, Jesus, sometimes Jesus cut hard, and then Jesus take pity on him, you know. But here he's taking pity on him. Well, I would have just told man, you stupid as a mule. You don't got no understanding. At all. But Jesus said, I'm not a master of Israel. Now, that's a high title I have. You don't know nothing. Basically, what we got out here. They know how to build a big building. I, I'm amazed, you know, how they can generate these magnificent edifices and, and, and how they can generate these great big congregations, but they can't build no spiritual beings. I'm amazed at the knowledge that they have or the passion that they have to build physical clinics. I'm talking about leadership. But when it comes down to God, the spiritual things, tell your neighbor. So the word of God, he says in verse 11, that verily, verily I say unto thee, we speak that we do not. And testify that we have seen. 
and you receive not our witness. He's talking about, Jesus is talking about when he said we. He's talking about all the people that God has sent. The prophets, the apostles, everybody that God has sent to be a witness. We all speak in the same message. So he's saying, you know, this this has been sent to you, you know. And and, and he says that, that that in verse 11 that I said, we speak that which we do know. And we testify that which we have seen, that we have seen. And you receive not our witness, uh-huh. If I have told you earthly things and you don't believe it. How shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So if, if the people can't grasp what God is saying through his word, through physical or earthly uh, 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 anatomies, then how in the world will you be able to reach him if you go in the spirit? How are you going to be able to do that? They're going to be lost. Because they don't connect. See, you got to have, you know, see, in order for you to connect, you got to be spiritually connected with the Spirit. That's why so many people in church are so discontented. And they don't understand the level of the Word, you know. You know, it's just. But you see, those of us that know, we pride this thing. It's like a jewel to us, you know. Because we understand that, hey, it's something different about what God is doing for us. Mm -hmm. And it ain't got nothing to do with numbers. It's got everything to do with God. Amen. Everything. Amen. And, I, and, and, and the thing about it is, is that we don't have all that nonsense. I like peace, people. Amen. I just like peace. So the word of the Lord says in verse 13 that, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. You see that? Jesus is talking, the Son of Man is talking. I want you to look at that very closely now. He's talking to Nicodemus on the earth. Right? But read that again. And let me see if you catch what he's saying here. He said, No man has what? Up to heaven. Except the one that came down from heaven. Even the who? Where is it? It's what I thought he was. You kept that. So here's another lie theology been teaching. It says that Jesus left heaven. Christ left heaven. To come down, which he did. And that only left the Holy Spirit and the Father up top. That's incorrect. Look at the word there. What the word said? Word said, even the Son of Man, who is where? He's still there, right? Because it's all the same God. It ain't no three spirits, it's just one God. He's just operating out of three different offices. See that? Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. It's the <laughs> one, it ain't one God. He's just operating out of three different offices. That's all he's doing. He do what he want to do. So wherever one is, the other one is. So they say the Holy Spirit wasn't in the earth until Jesus died. That ain't true. The Holy Spirit been here the whole time. That's how things have been. The job of the Holy Spirit is to keep creation 
in order. That's what his job is. The father, that word father means divine architect or originator. He wrote the blueprint. The word created it, Christ, when he spoke it. The Holy Spirit retains it and keeps it going. Carries it, keeps it going, keeps it sustained. You move that out the way everything can go to flip. How were holy men moved? They were moved by the Holy Ghost. All through the old, old time. I'm talking about old time. All through the Old Testament, Jesus Christ appears. He appeared to Moses, I mean to Abraham. Here on the plains of Mary. He appeared to uh, 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 Moses. He appeared to the Egyptians when he peeked out of the cloud. Because the cloud wasn't nothing but the word. We're going to do a study on that. Cloud wasn't nothing but the word, and he peeked out of it where they could see the spiritual, the spiritual Lord Himself as He is. And that's when they ran them, killed their own self, and ran the wheels off the, off the chariot, trying to get away from what they saw. And that's what happened to the devil when he sees the true nature of God, of Jesus. So, you know, all this stuff about God. Two here, five, one down here, and you got him back up there, and he doesn't send another and all of that. Look, I know what the scripture says, but the fact of the matter is, is that where one is, is the other. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, you can't have one without the other. You can't have Jesus and not have a Father and the Holy Spirit. Impossible. You can't have the Holy Spirit and not have Christ, because Christ is going to save. You can't do it. Having Christ is simply having the word of God for that 40 years. I mean, come on, man. Let's just keep it simple. And not, see, what we do is we take it and we chop it up and we dissect it and we do this with it and we exegete it this way and we exegete it that way, you know, and we do this with it and we do that with it and then we do the homiletic thing over here and then we do the hermetics over here, you know. We just mess it up. Instead of just keeping it simple. Just keep it up. So what happens is, is that we got to realize that while Jesus was here doing what he was doing in the flesh, he was still up top according to the word of God. Right there in uh, uh, chapter 3, John, chapter 3, verse 13. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. That's the last thing, last sentence there. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So here we go. Go to Numbers 21 now. I'm going to give you 21 now. Now in that segment there, what you see is the children of Israel were doing evil. And what God did was God sent these serpents, fiery serpents, that did them. All that means is that God sent sent them and turned them over to a reprobate mind, their own looks, okay? That's what happened. Now, now what happened was is that when the lust came forth, it began to kill them. Now, in order for the lust not to kill them, mm -mm, not going to be bitten, because every time they looked down at earthly things, what happened? They got bit by their own looks, those fiery serpents. That's all it's saying. And it killed. The way to sin is death. That's all it's saying. Now, 
He told Moses, he said, Moses, this is what I need you to do. I need you to make a brass circle, put him on a pole. It's the symbol of the dog. This is it. Brass represents your fifth. This is what I need you to do. I need you to raise that fifth up, raise it up high. And when they look up, now he was on a pole that he raised it up, meaning that it was on his staff, it was on a pole. It was on a, on, on a power source. When they looked up at it, they were healed. You see, when we rise from our lustfulness and rise it and put it on the altar of top, it heals us. And it says the same thing, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up, and with his stripes we are healed. He's lifted up. It's the same thing. With his stripes we are healed. New Testament, by his stripes. We are healed. It's all the same. No big deal on that. So back over here in John 3, 15, it says, And that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What? Wasn't that what they did when they looked up at the serpent too? They believed that they'd be healed. They believed the word of Moses. And when they looked up to Jesus, they believed him. Whosoever believeth should not perish but have everlasting life. For God, what, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and who shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not, he that believeth not, mm -hmm. in the name of the Lord, or in the name of the only begotten Son, he's already condemned because he didn't believe. See, it's through our belief we can either be saved or we can be condemned. Either through our belief or our unbelief. You see? Through our unbelief, we've already condemned our own self. Through our unbelief. It ain't got nothing to do with what you say to your mouth. It's got everything to do with what you do as you walk this way. It's got everything to do with action and nothing to do with your mouth. After, look, let me say this. After you have confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart and you become saved, be air, after that, no more talking. It's walking. Amen. Talk to them. Yes. Unless you're calling those things out that aren't as though they were. Talk to them. Don't want to hear no more about this or that. No, I'm looking at you. It's a, that's, ain't that right? I'm looking at you. Your own resume will, 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 will talk for you. And that's what God's going to be looking at. Your, your resume. He's going to be looking at my resume. Okay, open the book. That's what he's going to do. So here 
In verse 19 it says, And this is the condemnation, and I'm just about finished, that the light has come into the world. This is the condemnation. The light is here. But me and little darkness rather than light. Why? Because the deeds were evil. 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 A little darkness rather than light. The light is here. But because me and little darkness rather than light, they try to take the word and see it. They're turned with it. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither coming to the light, least his deeds should be corrected. Folk don't like being corrected Amen. when they're living in darkness. They don't like it. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Uh-huh. That his deeds may be made manifest. That they are the workings in God. Wrought in God. Meaning the workings in God. So it's really not a hard thing. It's a simple message with a powerful message in it. And the word of the Lord tells us that all we have to do is continue to walk in the way that he would have us to walk in. And not in the way that we're walking in ourselves. Because ourselves have gotten us in trouble over 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 and over again. So the Lord has been good to us. Yes, he has. You know, the Lord has been good to us. And when I look and I see just how good God has been, I thank him for everything that he's done in our life because he has been good to us. And this old religious spirit that's in the world in mainstream church, we, I, I'm praying for them folks. I'm praying for them folks because I'm going to tell you why. That old stinking religious spirit that they call theology, that's the worst thing that ever hit this world because it has kept us from the true and from the, true, the living God, the spiritual God. It's kept us from it. And people have been bound in it. And they don't know they're in bondage. Because what? It's all they ever knew. So their fathers killed the prophets. And the generation afterwards set up the monuments to remember. Remember? Mm-hmm. That's what they did. So we're all guilty if we still in. And the best way, and I'm closing, the best way to free ourselves from any of this stuff is let God be the judge and we be the servants. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's do God's hand. Give it back to my hand. Pray. 